Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 53. Uh, we we have an opportunity after this to film a Havana Yak, so I just wanted to get that out of the way right now. We wow. will be filming a Havana Yak. Breaking news. Right after this podcast. You'll see that sometime this week. Um, we have all the questions ready. We're going cool. to hammer right. it out after this one's done. So, all right. Uh, you, you can expect two podcasts uh, this week. And cool. for those of you who don't know what Havana Yak is, yeah. it's our other podcast that we do in between hockey podcasts or in the off season and it has nothing to do with hockey it's just literally us answering questions that you guys have about life random things just completely random things random scenarios uh they could be funny they could be like science related it's just it's literally everything there's not really any boundaries as long as it doesn't involve racism or anything like that or oh yeah it's in good taste yeah uh, yeah yeah Yeah. so uh if you haven't experienced to have any yak yet uh, you'll experience that th- experience that this week if you are new to the channel. And we post that on our second YouTube channel, which is more post-to-post. Um, so if you're not subscribed to that, you should go subscribe right now. Otherwise, thanks for joining us here today. My name's Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. My name is Brent. I always forget the name the name introductions. Well, everyone knows who we are. Uh, I guess if you're, unless you're new. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We had an interesting week because of weather. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, we live in Prince Edward Island, Canada, and we experienced quite the storm, uh, not necessarily snow. There was snow. There was a, snow fell all day, but at the end of the day, there was less snow on the ground than when the day started. Yeah. That's, it was more melting than snowing, but exactly. it snowed all day. <laughs> the wind Weird. was the serious issue yeah. here. We had uh, poles knocked down, and I'm not just talking about a, like a random pole. I'm talking about when you drive down the highway and you see poles like dun 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 all of those were knocked over in areas i have pictures of i'll i'll show them in this in the video version of this podcast they're just they're just broken off like toothpicks mm. unreal and this is a place that gets a lot of wind on a regular basis yeah we're like this it, it's not like we just got a freak random windstorm like it's windy here all the time mm-hmm. this is the fact that that it was wet heavy snow on top of the lines on top of the poles plus the wind and the wind was not just sustained, it was gusty too. Yes. We had wind gusts that were hurricane force. Here. Yeah, absolutely. And it really wreaked havoc, not only with knocking the power out in the first place, but making it doubly hard to get the power back on. Because exactly. who wants to be up in a bucket truck at 30 or 40 feet in the air when the wind's blowing 16, 65 miles an hour? Exactly. Not me. <laughs> no, not me. Uh, and then you have like ice pellets hitting you in the face and stuff. It's, it's pretty yeah. wild. So anyways, we lost power for a good portion of... Close to 12 hours. Yeah. It was 10 and a half or 11 hours in total. Mm. And some parts of Prince Edward Island are just getting power restored today. This is three days later. Exactly. They're just getting their power back today. The power utility hopes to have everybody on by the end of the day. It's and that's about 2,000 meters left that weren't hooked up as of this morning. That's pretty bad. That's very bad. I think at the peak it was 48,000. I think we crossed uh, over 50,000 Like units. Briefly. That doesn't include people. Yeah, that's, that's not people. That's customers. So a, a house of four, a family of four living in a house is one customer. Yeah. An empty office that nobody's in is one customer. So it's not always people, but yeah. it's safe to say that there were over 100,000 people at one point without electricity for yeah. an extended period of time. And there's only 140,000 people who live in the province. So. <laughs> yeah, so more than half. Exactly. One of the things that happened is, although we do have some of our own power generation on the island, we have big windmills, and we have some diesel generators that we have to employ once in a while. We have 90 megawatts across the river here in town that can get fired up when it needs to be. 
But for the most part, we get our power from New Brunswick on a big cable. The mainland. The mainland. And if the big cable goes down or someone kicks the switch accidentally on the other side of the cable, on the mainland side, boop, out we go. And that's, yeah. I, I don't know yet what the actual cause of the outage was from the New Brunswick side, but the main cable went down. I heard that they needed power and they needed to provide Nova Scotia with power. Yeah. So they had to decide, I guess, between Nova Scotia and PEI and there's no more population in Nova Scotia. So oh, okay. that, that's, what I, that's what I read. Well, but, uh, it, uh, that could be the case. Uh, we are the least important province in all of Canada. It's probably true. If yeah. you watch ATV News, which is the Atlantic television system, which includes the three maritime provinces of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI, you will often never see PEI mentioned. Not only is there no news from over here, when they do the weather, they don't talk about us. Mm. Uh, we're just like the the ugly stepsister or something. Yeah, the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's it's bad, but we're we're used to it. We do have a local public broadcasting uh, station, CBC, and they do a very good job of covering the island well. Although I don't know if we get bang for our buck, they have like. 27 reporters, and mm. and uh, they seem to do a lot of bake sales and things. They don't talk nice. about real news a lot, but that's well, another topic. Yes, that leads me into <laughs> why we're talking about this is because we yeah. didn't have power for then one of the nights that we usually film. Uh, so we didn't get to, extra, get to film those extra videos this week that we, that we planned on doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to do this podcast. We're going to do Have Any Yak after this, and then we're going to film uh, a mail time video, and then maybe on later on tonight to... Uh, two or three Jersey videos for you guys. And you'll see those come out over the next week. Um, but speaking of the mail time one, we have, I think, five or six things to open. We're coming up on Christmas. And last year, if you were part of the channel, we did a Christmas mail time special. Because we're so close to Christmas and because Canada Post is so backed up with so much stuff, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do a Christmas mail time special just because if anyone hears this now and wants to send in a Christmas card or something like that, then it yeah. likely won't get here in time. So what we'll do is a New Year mail time special. Cool. So if you'd like to send in a Christmas card or something like that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that we have a few in our, our pile already to open, um, but we'll do a New Year mail time special. So In addition to the, just the regular backlog that we have in the Christmas season for mail, in Canada, for the last six weeks or so, there's been a rotating series of labor job actions because the Postal Workers Union does not currently have a contract with the company. Yeah. Uh, and Canada Post is owned by the government, but it's not really part of the government. They're more of a crown corporation. And the postal workers haven't had a contract. Negotiations haven't been going well. They haven't gone out on a whole full-blown strike, but they've been having little rotating strikes in various sorting centers around the country, and that has really seriously backed up the mail. The government went into Parliament last week and legislated them back to work, and that came into effect, I think, on Tuesday or so of this week at noontime. They all had to go back to work. Uh, they're not happy about it, so I'm su- I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't overly enthusiastic about moving their mail. Exactly, yeah. Things... There's going to be a lot of people who don't get their Christmas presents in the mail. Yeah. Um, so it's tough, but that's what it is. Welcome to is. Canada Post yeah. and our government. So yeah. anyway, let's get on with some hockey. Uh, hockey, absolutely. Unless you have something else to discuss. Nope, before I'm that. good. The other things will come up as they come up. There's two big things to discuss this week that we didn't make singular videos about, and that's the Tom Wilson hit mm-hmm. and the Nylander situation. We'll do Tom Wilson first. Uh, this is a conversation that we have had 
off camera, so we'll have it again now. But the verdict on the Tom Wilson hit by the NHL was uh, no suspension, and that's kind of where it ended with on the on the NHL side of things. Lots of people upset about it. If you guys haven't seen it, just go YouTube Tom Wilson hit on was it who was it? Um, Started with an S. I can't remember. It was like three days ago when I saw the hit, but. Sixini or something like that, or yeah, this was. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm finding it, but we can't show it because of copyright issues, obviously. But uh, if you haven't seen it, go look at it. And it was uh, just a Brett Sini, Brent Sini, Sini, yeah. The it, it was a late hit from behind. Uh, but why wasn't there a suspension? So you think that there should have been a suspension? I do, and I understand the NHL rule that you helped explain to me more clearly as to why there isn't, and I appreciate that they applied the rule. And I'm okay with them applying the rule. That's what it is. It, you have to have rules, and they have to be understandable, and they can't change every day. So mm-hmm. I get that part. But I hate the rule. Yeah, so the rule is, uh, like a lot of people said, well, he just came off a absolutely massive suspension. He got it appealed. He was back early. And now he does this, like, nine games after he came back from suspension. No one's been suspended more from more games than Tom Wilson in the past four years or something crazy like that. And he's already got two this year, yeah. and the season's not even a third with the way exactly. through. So why wasn't he suspended for this? That was a big question. Yeah. The reason is because if the, on this specific play, if it was anyone else, say it was Jonathan Taves, and he did the exact same play, hit the guy from behind, would that have been a suspension? Well, the answer is no, because it's not suspension worthy. It wasn't a hit to the head. It was a hit from the side and behind, basically. It was not suspension worthy. So that they needed to answer that question first. Was it suspension worthy? Regardless of the, the name on the back of the jersey. The answer was no. So that means automatically they don't have to have the conversation any further. If the answer was yes and it was suspension worthy, then they look at the name on the, ba- on the back of the jersey and then they look at the repeat offender clause or whatever and determine what he's eligible for as far as games. If the answer had been yes, they looked at Tom Wilson, he probably would have got 30 or so games because he is... He is walking the line of getting a year suspension the next time he does something. So the NHL does not want this in the game. Unfortunately, uh, they couldn't do anything here. I wish they could have because the play was uh, late, predatory, avoidable, irresponsible, dangerous, and absolutely unnecessary. There is no need to hit that player like he did. Uh, he had get, gotten rid of the puck. It was late. So that's my opinion. I, I, I wish the NHL could have suspended him because... We don't need plays like that in the game. Uh, we don't need like behind getting hit in the behind and predatory plays like that. If you want to hit someone hard against the boards and they're expecting it and stuff, bring it on. Bring on those big hits. But predatory hits like that, uh, we don't need that. So I'm happy that the NHL didn't suspend him because that was the right thing to do as far as the rules go. But I'm disappointed that he got away with that. And I'm sure the NHL is going to be looking very closely at Tom Wilson if they already weren't. Mm-hmm. And they are. Yes, I saw in several media reports that even though they didn't go into any supplementary discipline or suspension discussion, uh, word has been sent out from the league that uh, he is under a microscope. Good. Very good. I, I still think, uh, I guess my problem is with the rule itself. Um, I think maybe the initial decision as to whether something is suspension worthy should include the, the name in the jersey. Yeah, as, I, do, I do too. In addition to the infraction. Now, the Washington, I saw a lot of Washington fans, I presume, on Twitter just after the hit and for about 24 hours after the hit, complaining that 
There was no hit to the head. There was no hit to the head. And the reason they were drawn in that direction is because a hit to the head was the call on the ice at the time. Oh, okay. And the referees got it wrong. They called it a hit to the head. They could easily have called it a check from behind right. and given the same amount of penalty, a match penalty maybe because of its egregious nature mm. and also the game misconduct or 10 minutes, whatever. Uh, so the, the initial call was wrong. So all the Twitter angle was, it wasn't a hit to the head, it wasn't a hit to the head, this is bogus. you know. And they're right in that sense. When it comes to the on-ice call, that was incorrect mm. based on the replay. But the overall result was virtually the same or should have been the same. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I can see the frustration there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we'll, I'm sure in two weeks we'll talk about another mm-hmm. hit from Tom Wilson that will be questionable. So Going into the weekend, because he'd missed so many games, when he has been playing, which is not, not very many games so far this year, excuse me, his production and his numbers have been fantastic. Oh, they have, yeah. He is fourth or fifth in the NHL in points per game. And, well, that's the thing. It's like Brad Marchand. Why do all that crap? Did you see what he did last night? It's just, yeah. I mean, but it was back and forth a little bit. But, but. Yeah, but it started. I have a great, uh, I have, I have great opinions on that Boston-Detroit right. game. I have I great have. opinions. I have great opinions. I want great climate. <laughs> I, I want a great economy. I want a great president. <laughs> I, I, I want great environment, mm-hmm. great, great air to breathe. You have a great opinion. I have a great opinion. <laughs> okay. So we'll discuss that later on. Yeah. But I'll just say this much. Marshawn's initial play, the check that he made on Bertuzzi behind the net, was a legal, good, clean check, actually, for a change. And things went downhill after that. And Marshawn wasn't really the start of it. No. It was was retaliatory from Bertuzzi, and then other people got involved. Uh, And then Marshawn did an idiot thing. Hmm. Because, you know, you just keep watching him, it's going to happen. Exactly. And it happened. Yeah. So, and that's, like, him and Tom Wilson... Great examples of players with tremendous skill and very excessive tempers yeah. and just can't control themselves. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's our um, opinions on the Tom Wilson situation. The only thing I'll add on the Tom Wilson situation, this is something we did discuss. If the NHL doesn't do something, and in this case they didn't, then there's only one other redress that's available, and that's for the players to do something themselves. Someone's going to have to tune them up. Someone is going to end up hitting him to hand out the justice that the NHL didn't hand out. Someone's going to try intentionally hurting him. Yeah. Which, and it should never come to that because that's why NHL player safety is there. Yeah. To prevent stuff like this, to prevent the Mike Milburys from going into crowds and beating fans with their shoes and stuff. And like, it can't get to that point. If I was the the team that was injured here, in this case, saying he played for New Jersey, if I was New Jersey and I still had Scott Stevens. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I would whisper in his ear in the next play, the next time Wilson steps on the ice, you're to start at one corner and skate the entire length of the ice to the other corner and plaster him into the boards Mm -hmm. and hit him twice if you have to, to do to him what he's done to other people. Yeah, he needs to learn a lesson. He does. And clearly he hasn't learned a lesson from his early release from his most recent suspension. They knocked, what, six games off. Instead of 20, it became 14. And they probably slapped him on the wrist and said, sin no more. And that's only two weeks ago, and there he is. So he's he's not one who can learn. He's got a learning problem. The paycheck apparently does not affect him. So yeah, or loss of paycheck, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, did I'm you done. see the Reeves hit on Edler? Uh, very quickly and just once. I didn't see a replay of it. To me, that was worse than what Tom Wilson did. Yeah, uh, it was from behind, directly from behind. Uh, Edler was injured on the play. I think he had like a bloody lip or something like that. 
Um, and it was unnecessary as well. Mm-hmm. And no one said anything about that. So a little disappointing there. But uh, anyway, on to Nylander. We finally got the news at whatever o'clock last night uh, or yesterday afternoon of the situation. It was finally over. Man, I was so sick of it. And then now for the next two months, they're going to analyze the crap out of it. Is it going to be worth it? Is it? Was it the right thing to do? And just like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't take it. I well, it was funny to watch all the excitement in some of the journalists Yeah. last night. I watched Hockey Night in Canada pretty well wall-to-wall, and the panel of four were there, and they were doing their thing, and they were all, oh, man, isn't that Dubas? You know, he's a, he's a great guy. Five minutes left to go before the deadline. He pulled it off at the last minute, snatched uh, victory from the jaws of defeat, and they've mm-hmm. got him signed, and da-da-da. And then they went to Brian Burke, and Brian said, this is dumb. <laughs> this is dumb. If they were going to break the bank, piggy bank, and give it all to him, why didn't they do it in August before training camp? Yeah. Why sit there all and go through the stupid song and I dance? I know, so stupid. And he's only, Burke's point, and I don't really follow the Leafs close enough to know this, but I know he's an exceptional player. We saw him play recently. Um, Burke said he's the sixth best player on the Leafs, and he's now getting more than some of the players that are better than he is, and when their contracts come up, guess what? The NHLPA is thrilled because the overall price for everybody just went up here. Yeah. He's maybe a $5 million player on a good day compared to his peer group, mm. but he's getting just under 7 and the cap hit this year because of the way they did it ends up being over 10 but that's just a fluke. Um, and Burke's point was this is a waste of money on a guy that they're probably going to trade. The good part about the cap hit going down the other five years of this contract is mm. he's more tradable. Yes, that's so true, yeah. he's not as expensive like a Marlowe would be, for instance. Yeah, I think that uh, – I, I would say that he's probably a little bit overpaid, but not by much. Is that um, new? Are these the new ones? Yeah, that's, oh, okay. that's new standings Sorry. behind us. Yeah. Uh, I think he's probably around 6. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's close. I mean, I'm fine with 6.9. I think I think he's probably worth that for the most part. Uh, but he signed $6.9 million for six years and – potentially could be traded because, like you said, more contracts are coming up. So we'll see how it goes. At least he can actually play hockey now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you look at cap friendly for next year, um, when you look at it right now, they, they for next year they project the money that the team has already socked away mm-hmm. or has to sock away for players next year that it's already signed versus how much they still have, the work they still have to do in Toronto to uh, – basically keep their team together or put a team together for next time. Uh, they've got gazillions of dollars. They have like 50-some million dollars for next year tied up in 12 players. Oh, so they have some finagling to do. They've got to put another 10 players in the roster with $20 million. Yeah. And that's going to be viciously hard to do. Mm. So, Can we'll you see. fix the string on your sweater? It's driving me absolutely crazy. Is it? Like, is it's this because they're, they're not yes, even? Yes, make it even. Okay, there we go. No, that, <laughs> no so you don't like that? No, make it even, would you? Lord. Man, you're, you're OCD or something. I, I am, yeah, it's bothering me. <laughs> is that better? It is better. Okay, yeah. that's good because I was worried about you. <laughs> uh, next on my list is the Seattle announcement on yeah. December 4th. December 4th, the 109th birthday of the Montreal Canadiens. Exactly. I and love it. the 59th birthday of the GOAT. <laughs> Big announcement on your birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, comes from the NHL on this decision, the official decision behind Seattle. So we'll find out um, on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, come on. We already know that they're, 
it's not going to be any surprise. We already know that they're they're going to be the team, so it's just a formality, really. But anyway, look out look out for that, and that is on a Tuesday. Tuesday. That is a Tuesday. Tuesday. It is indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up on my list is a name of by Forby Kennedy. Now, uh, some of you know yes. this name. Some of you do not know this name. Uh, Forby Kennedy is a former NHL hockey player from Prince Edward Island here where we live, and he played with guys like Gordy Howe. And he played in Chicago, so he would have played with probably Makita. And yeah, he, like Terry Sawchuk. And against, he played for Montreal. Like he played for six teams. He's a big, he, he had a big career. Yeah, he played for the junior Canadians. I don't think he played for the NHL Canadians. Oh, he didn't? I don't, I don't believe he did. Oh. And he would have been known as Forbes Kennedy probably to a yeah. lot of people. Around here they call him Forby. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he had he just wrote a book, or he had a book written about him, and there's a big, giant book launch here on Prince Edward Island uh, this week. And uh, Ron McLean was there. I had the opportunity to go, and uh, it was a lovely event. He told some stories on stage. I have some recorded on my phone. Um, so we're actually going to make a standalone video about uh, Forby Kennedy uh, and pay him some tribute, and I'm going to play one of the stories for you or the audio from one of the stories that he, he told, and then um, put a link in the description for his book. Not a sponsor, just he, he's got a lot of interesting stories. And oh, I yeah. think it's a, it, if you love hockey, and if you love old-time hockey, then you, you'll probably find this book pretty interesting because he was one of the most grittiest players on the ice ever. So lots of good stories. He was. And remember, he comes from Prince Edward Island, which is a very small geographical community. Yes. Very small. Yet we have, we as an island, have put, I think, 30 or more players in the NHL over the years. Oh, yeah. And he's one of them. And if you try to find yourself uh, a small suburb of Toronto or or a town in the West that's put that many players of that kind of caliber into the NHL. And other people, like Ger- the Gerard Galance, who was a player and is now a coach. Doug McLean. Doug McLean, who is a coach and general manager and now TV commentator. Mm. Uh, there are lots of uh, hockey stories that come from oh, PEI, yeah. and his Forbes Kennedy is is one of the top absolutely top people there. Yeah. He was on the ice when Pat Quinn leveled Bobby Orr. Yeah, and there was a big brawl. Now Forbes Kennedy used to play for Boston, but then he was traded to the Leafs, so he was playing for the Leafs when Pat Quinn hit Bobby Orr, and he was already friends with all the players on the ice from the Boston side because he used to play there. But he had to defend Pat Quinn because he was a Leaf now. So he ended up fighting a bunch of players on his old team. And that's just that's the kind of guy he was. He loved to scrap and he loved yeah. to go. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll make a video about that. So keep an eye out for that. Probably cool. in about a week and a half, I would say. Hmm. Um, I want to ask you something that's – like this is not something that we've talked about before. But I thought we could brainstorm together and just on the spot – like you, you don't know I'm going to ask you this. I just thought we could have just a, a genuine conversation about something, and um, maybe people can leave their feedback as well in the comment section about this topic. I wanted to ask you, or I wanted us to discuss, what are some? What do you think the next big changes in the NHL? And that could be, that could be as far as rules on the ice, as far as like a new penalty or a maybe the like the whole linesmen not dropping the puck and stuff like that's a huge problem in my opinion or it could be as far as standings are done as like playoff format or like what do you think is the next big change in the nhl 
Wow. Uh, like you say, I'm coming in cold on this one. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing you mentioned as a possibility is, is as much a possibility as anything else. The big change not being just the addition of a new team or the movement of a team. You mean the way the game is played, right? Or the way the game is, is determined. As far as on ice play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what, and, but it could be is like, it could be standing. So if we go to playoff format, one versus eight, two versus seven, instead of this divisional stuff we have now, uh, that would be an absolutely massive change mm-hmm. as far as hockey is concerned, but it doesn't really affect the on ice play. So what's, what's an on ice change that you think would be the biggest to come? I can tell you what I want. Sure. I want them to change the way they award points in the standings and make it more like uh, football, soccer. Three points for a win. Three points for a win, one point for a tie, and get away, and, and maybe make the tie happen after five-minute overtime, no shootout. Uh, I would love that. Games could end basically at a, a more determined period of time. Mm. Uh, the teams that, that go for the win in the last couple of minutes of regulation or in overtime— and overtime, maybe not even overtime, frankly. Uh, I'd be okay with no overtime. I'd be, I'd be okay with games that end in a tie. Mm. I really would. But uh, have teams really go for it. If they need that extra two points because it's late in the season and they need it to get in the playoffs, they'll pull a goalie in a tie game to win that game. Yep. And, and I think that's exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I think I would like to see that. I would like to see a, a, a different playoff format. The one versus eight coming back would be my biggest yep, uh, ask. Too. But the other thing is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where they maybe have a play-in for the wild card spots. All right, that would uh, that'd be a huge change. It would be massive. That's probably that would probably be the biggest yeah. change in the NHL, maybe ever, mm-hmm. because that completely, like that's that's massive. That's more hockey being played than ever before. Because, yeah. and then you also get that break in between season and playoffs. So if you had that. If you're one of the top that six in each side. Wildcard tournament or whatever you yeah, want to call it. You get an extra four or five days off or whatever it needs to be. Uh, get to rest up. You get an advantage. What do you think the disadvantage of that? Like, why why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you implement that? I don't know. I don't know if there's any reason why you would not do it. Uh, I th- think the, the, the two teams that normally would be locked into a wild card aren't. Mm-hmm. They have to earn their wild card, and they might get home ice for all those games that they'd have to play, maybe three maximum. Yeah. And then they're beaten tired, but no one knows who those teams are until the end of the season. It also makes fighting for that sixth and final seeded spot more important. Right now, teams don't really care. Mm-hmm. If they finish with 97 points and they finish third in their division versus 96 points and being in a wild card, they probably just are happy to get in. Yeah. This way here, they might be a lot more. Uh, I think it would add a lot of excitement. I think it'd be great. I think the only thing that, like that, that would prevent, uh, like, the only thing that would say no, we can't do this, is the fact that why change it? Like why, why change something that's worked for the past hundred years? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So why implement something new? I think yeah. that's the only. Like, there's no concrete reason to say that this isn't going to work because of this. Mm-hmm. It's just a fear of change, I think, really, that's maybe holding it back or what could hold yeah. it back. But you look at other sports. Baseball now has a wild card play-in they situation. Football, Football, I think, yeah. has, a, has a similar thing. Uh, 
why not yeah, change well, it? it if it doesn't cost anything to change it and the only result economically would be more money yeah, and, and more eyeballs more money then uh, Gary Bettman more money that's what you said all you need to say to Gary Bettman yeah. he'll go more, more money where where where's the money <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's true i think it could be i think it could draw in a lot more fans to the game because it creates so much more excitement like mm-hmm. that's that little tournament is almost as important as the entire playoffs. Like it, it could be huge. And you know, if they did that within the first year or two, a team that gets in through that tournament is going to win the Stanley Absolutely. Cup. Absolutely. And that will be the best story ever. Yeah. It's going like, to be huge. It's, it's great. There'll be movies made and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Why so. not? Get on that. The other thing I'd like to see, and this is controversial, but I think we have too much technology in the league. I And, and I mean too much physics and equipment technology in the league. I don't like carbon fiber sticks. I would say that to do what baseball has done, to go back to the roots of the game, in baseball you can't have an aluminum bat. You've got to have a wooden bat made by Ash and Louisville Slugger or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I would be very in favor of hockey returning to wooden sticks at the NHL level. Hmm. I think that would be tough. I don't think... I don't think the players would allow it just for the sake of like you why take something away that's so that makes us such better players like why decrease the why dec- they I think that would be they would say that the game would become more boring if we went, went back to wooden sticks shots know, would yeah. get slower injuries would get worse because they're going to s- keep doing the hack, hack and slash thing I don't think injuries would be worse I think injuries would go down I think the people that are hurt by pucks standing in front of the net like the Shea Weber shots mm-hmm. that are coming at 110 miles an hour. Did you hear? Did you hear Kotkin Yemi's? Uh, I was going to pee in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> like what, you know, when you were standing in front of the net in practice, when Weber finally came back, what'd you think? Oh, I saw that first shot. I thought I was going to pee myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's scary. People are hurt badly with these massive slap shots that come from back there. Yeah, but think about all the, the cross checks with the back of the back or the lower back that people get these days with those carbon fiber sticks. Like, can you imagine getting one of those with actual wood, a wooden stick that, that doesn't flex? Like, you're getting some serious bruises there. You might be out. I don't think Just, that's that much worse. I don't I don't agree with that. I think that they should keep, like, it, these sticks breaking all over the ice drives me crazy too, but I don't think. And that's that, my biggest problem with it. Yeah. That. Every shift, there's a there's a stick on the ice. Yeah. A four or five or $700 stick laying there. It's frustrating. It's just so annoying and... Although some sticks are hard to break. Um, there's a goalie stick breakage attempt on purpose last night. that Gorgiev? Gorgiev took a couple of uh, swings to get it mm. done. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I but know. I don't know. I, I just like the idea of wooden sticks. I like the idea of it being an affordable thing that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I'm a Canadian. Wooden sticks come from Canadian wood made near Sherbrooke, Quebec, or wherever they come from. And, uh, so you think economically? Yeah, I think it'd be good, good for the uh, Quebec economy. <laughs> okay, make hockey sticks. Absolutely. What if every player used goalie sticks? But that long, <laughs> that thick pad or that the thick part of the of the goalie stick went all the way up, but in in the middle there was just like a notch for your hand, and everyone played with those. What's in that mug that you're drinking <laughs> from? You wouldn't like that? No. Why? It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I couldn't fool you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, 
I think we need to see the playoff format change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think it's been flawed for for too long. I think that uh, too many times you see the same teams play each other, and it's it ends up being that two really good teams play each other, and then a wild card team kind of sneaks up or like it just yeah. it doesn't really. Like, there's too many good teams being put out of the playoffs in the first round, and that's not sh- how it should be, no, in my opinion. That's right. So it's 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 tough. I don't I don't agree with it. I think it's going to change. I don't I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Probably after the next lockout, it might change a little bit, mm-hmm. which I guess isn't that far away. But no, no. it's not soon enough, yeah. in my opinion. But anyway, uh, leave your comments down below um, on what you think the next big change could be in the game, or outside of the game as far as format or money, contract, salary cap, like anything, like let us know down in the comments. We'd like to read those, I think, and hear people's opinions. Absolutely. Now if we can do some game recaps. Oh, yeah. Uh, Friday, there was a couple of games on, and by couple I mean five. Buffalo suffered a loss to Florida. 3-2. Buffalo beat, uh, or sorry, Florida beat Buffalo. Now their streak is has gone to 10 wins and now it's two losses in a row I believe and one of those losses was at the hands of Florida mm-hmm. so Buffalo is I guess technically on a losing streak but the, the games have been fairly close so they maybe could have been up to 12 if like it's not unrealistic those games the two losses were fairly close to those games so anyway Florida won uh Washington beat New Jersey 6-3 that was the game that we saw the Tom Wilson hit in. Anaheim beat Carolina 2-1. St. Louis beat Colorado 3-2. And Calgary beat Los Angeles Kings 4-1. Mm-hmm. If we move on to yesterday, which was Saturday, uh, the first game of the day was the Ottawa-San Jose game. And that was a pretty interesting game because it was the first time that Carlson has had come back to Ottawa. I watched that game. To play. And there was some San Jose players playing for Ottawa that was the first time facing their old team. So it was a pretty important game as far as emotion goes, I think. Mm-hmm. And Ottawa, I mean, they they, they showed grit in every single line. They showed energy in every single line, every single player. Passes were crisp, uh, a ton of chances. They just played a, a real phenomenal game, I think. Um, Carlson, I think, probably had a pretty good game for the most part. He had some lots of power play time. Looked good. He looked good, and he got, I think, the most shots of anyone on the team. But he ended up being a minus two. He was on the ice for, I think, the first couple of Ottawa goals against. Yeah. Uh, he played fairly well, and he got he got some rubber in on towards the net. But he wasn't the show. Uh, uh, they did a nice thing. They they First TV timeout, normally the TV stations go to a two-minute block for commercials. They stayed with the show. And they did a video package on the scoreboard or Jumbotron, whatever. And Carlson came out and gave a little wave. And the fans were very polite and, and applauded, standing ovation. But even, I, I thought it at the time, but I thought maybe this is just me because I'm not feeling the emotion. But even the commentators that were on afterwards, Darren Dreger and Mike Johnson, they both commented at the end of the period that they didn't think th- it was, there was something missing. There was some emotion missing or it just seemed a little flat to them. And, and that's I, what I thought right from the time it happened. Bad blood? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and, the, you know, they, no one can do these things like Montreal can as far as putting on a show for somebody. Ottawa did a good job. 
and it was all very positive about Carlson, and they said nice things. And they had his uh, wife was in the stands, and they zoomed in on her, and mm-hmm. it was all, they did all the right things, but there just was something missing. Okay. And I don't know if anyone's fault. Yeah. It was just something missing. All right. Let me leave it at that. Yeah. But, uh, wow, the San Jose Sharks that are now Ottawa Senators did well. Not all of them came over in the Carlson trade, like Boddicker didn't. Boddicker came earlier in a different trade. Yeah, and they for played Hoffman, right? like, lots of chemistry between a couple of those players. Oh, It was fantastic. already there before they joined Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, specifically on one, one play there, I think it was maybe a 2-1-1 or a, almost a, a breakaway yeah. by Boddicker there. Yeah. That was nice. And I think, was it Tierney passed to him that time? Or yep. Yeah. So, yep. and there's another former San Jose exactly. player. So it was great. Uh, Ottawa did a you know masterful job of of getting a win in their own barn against a team that's been struggling a bit. They they were beaten up pretty badly by Toronto, and now Ottawa. Now they play Montreal tonight. Um, it may be during the time this gets released this evening. Mm. Montreal and San Jose will be playing. And prediction? Oh, I, I'm I'm afraid to. I'm wearing the hat. Four one San Jose. That's what I'm saying. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I, you could very well be right. You're not, you're not going to make a prediction? I'm not. All right. I'm not. I don't, well, I don't know who's playing even. When they asked Claude Julien last night after the game Montreal mm-hmm. had just played, uh, they against the Rangers, they asked Julien who starts tomorrow. And he said, well, we're not sure yet. Kerry wasn't worked all that hard tonight, so maybe he's got enough. Kerry uh, Price does not play well against the San Jose Sharks. I guarantee you, if, if Kerry Price plays tonight, he will lose this game against San Jose. He doesn't play well against San Jose. There are certain teams that Carey Price does not play well against, and San Jose is like at the very top of that list. They need to play Niemi if they want to have a chance. <laughs> wow, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> um, interestingly, there's a bit of a karma thing, maybe. Carlson's return was exactly five years to the day after Daniel Alfredson's return with the Detroit Red Wings after he left the it's Ottawa Senators. It's been five years since then? Five years to the Holy. day. Holy. And when, when Alfredson was back in town to play that game five years ago yesterday, Carlson picked him up and drove him to the rink. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it really is That's awesome. Cool. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the Dallas-Vancouver game. Did you watch any of that game? Yes, I did. Actually. That was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That was so close. Uh, Nilsson made some absolutely incredible highlight real saves, uh, not just one, not just two, like probably like four or five yearly highlight real saves. And Vancouver carried its one nothing lead into really the second half of the third period yeah. before Dallas woke up. Did you notice all the empty seats? I did not. There's a lot of empty seats for Vancouver. In Vancouver too. Yeah, like a very noticeable amount of empty seats. I'm not sure if Ooh. because it was an early game. Or something like that could have something to do oh, with yeah, it. Oh yeah, right. It would have been. Yeah. But still, uh, you expect a pretty good, a pretty good outing for for a Canadian team, uh, especially Vancouver. So, a little disappointing to see that. But um, yeah, Dallas got the win. Radulov's winning goal was with a, well three minutes left or something. Yeah, like right that. at the end of the game. Yeah. So. Uh, Detroit played Boston and won four two. Some mm, not really questionable goals. There, some goaltender interference plays and stuff, and lots of pushing and shoving around the nets and lots of pushing and shoving shoving by the goalies almost. Uh, oh man, I was so hoping. Why did they break them up? I don't know. Like <laughs> It was going to be awesome. <laughs> a goalie fight's only happened like once every three years yeah. and you're going to break them up? They both want to go. What are you doing? Like seriously, <laughs> that was ridiculous. It all started with Marshand hitting Tyler Bertuzzi behind the net. Yeah. And it was a legal hit, 
Marshan skates away. Bertuzzi wants to go, so he's up against him, and Marshan's just sitting there with his gloves on, and he's looking at him, and eventually tries to skate away. And he slashes him. Or he didn't something. slash. I didn't think he slashed no, him No, he, he did. He gave him a little poke or something like oh, that. I, he gave someone a poke later on, but I didn't see a poke there. But, but, but Bertuzzi wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And then Colby Cave comes in, and he tries to get Marshan going. And he, I think it's... Yeah, he he slashes Marchand, and they call a penalty. When that happens, Rask heads for the bench. No, Johnny Howard. Oh, was it Howard? Yeah. Okay. There was a penalty on Boston. Oh, okay. And Howard went to the bench. Howard went to the bench, right. Okay, yes, that's what it was. Howard goes to the bench, and then, of course, Marchand is over there by then, and he slashes Howard, mm-hmm. who slashes him back. Yeah. And then the whole thing ends up over by the boards, and then Rask comes yeah. in. Marsh- he, Marsh- Rask gets a penalty for leaving the crease, <laughs> but Howard doesn't because he's already on the way to the bench. He's on the way to the bench for the for the fifth, sixth attacker. That's funny. It was weird, but only eight minutes and penalties come out of that. Marshan got two, Cave got two, Rask got two for leaving the mm-hmm. the the, uh, the crease, and uh, I Colby Cave yeah got the two, and then uh, Howard got two minutes for roughing hmm. eventually. What bothers me about that is that Marshan had all the opportunity in the world to drop the gloves and go, yeah, and didn't do it until someone else grabbed Bertuzzi, and Bertuzzi's back was to Marshan. Then Marshan dropped his his gloves and went at him. It's just <laughs> come on. Anyway, uh, it was a, an interesting game. It was an interesting game. I'm going to be interested to see the next game between Detroit and Boston. Yeah, that should be really good. Uh, Montreal beat the Rangers five to two. Just a lot of standing around by the Rangers, like giveaways, like that one to Lekkinen behind the net there, oh, past was... front, and just like a lot of a lot of puck watching, lots of standing still. They gave up on that second goal by Weber. Like I don't understand that. I think they thought mistakenly maybe that the penalty was going to be called against the other team and they didn't have to worry about touching it or something I don't know but yeah they just gave up and Weber skates in it was weird it was really weird yeah and boom there it is I felt bad for uh, Georgiev Georgiev on that play <laughs> well yeah he felt bad too because yeah, he started was that no it was the no, Lekkonen goal he started goal, to, yeah. uh, do the three smashing. on one so Weber gets two in the first period two nothing Montreal Lekkonen gets two fairly early in the second it's now four nothing Montreal mm. but then the Rangers cl- claw back they get two Unanswered goals, and by the end of the second period, it's four-two. And Montreal, I thought, put on a pretty good shutdown clinic in the third. Yeah, they did well. I, I think, I don't think Montreal won that game. I think the Rangers lost it, in my opinion. Uh, too many giveaways, too much standing still. But Montreal did play well. Did you see the Paul Byron pass to Lekkonen when he was? The penalty got called because he was rubbed out on the boards. No, it was Tatar's pass. It wasn't Paul Byron? Tatar. Tatar goes down along the boards and laying down, fires is, the puck Is that out. the one that sent them on the three-on-one? No, it was... Uh, I, I didn't see that then. Yeah. No. It was beautiful. Hmm. It was beautiful. Did you see the Philip Gila pass last night? No. It, all right, we'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> and, of course, the Montreal's fifth goal was TT. Yeah, Thomas Tatar, yeah. And when the uh, announcer announced his name... He, he dragged out the Tatar a little Did he? bit. But a little bit more than usual. And then afterwards, I was watching Dave Morissette on direct, which is uh, one of the French Channel's analysis shows after each game. And they made fun of the Tatar guy. Nice. Yeah, it was great. They didn't make fun of him. They Well, not made fun. They paid yeah. homage to him, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, there was a terrible... Ter- the, the first goal that New York scored, they should never have gotten. Jeff Petrie. Did you see 
Jeff Petrie dingling with the puck and giving it away. No, I did not. It resulted immediately in a goal. He was back in his own zone. He was just waiting basically to set up and start turning the other way, and he just kept diddling with the puck. Diddling. He was diddling. He was. (laughs) And then whoever the Ranger player was, I forget, just took it from him and scored. Undiddled him. Yeah. (laughs) It was terrible. Um, Oh, man. But I I thought Montreal did play well in the third, uh, but... Uh, I don't know if I'd go so far as to agree with you that the Rangers could have won that if they wanted to. I think no, no, with I Weber didn't. back and Byron back, Byron got an assist and he was he all played, over the he ice. He played well. He was fantastic. What, yeah. what I meant by that is not necessarily that they could have won that the game could have been a game. It wasn't really like Montreal was ahead for the majority of that game. It could have been a lot closer of a game if the Rangers had have played like we know they can. Yeah, I'd agree so. with that. Uh, the next game, Tampa Bay versus Florida. Tampa Bay won 5-4. And at one point during this game, Florida was at 4-1. 4-1. And let Tampa Bay come back and mm-hmm. win uh, with a very nice goal. Uh, I think it was in, in overtime. The Tampa Bay had a 4-on-3, and Kudrov made a brilliant pass in front of the net to, to point. And one in OT. Very frustrating for, for James Reimer. But it would have to be. That was Point's 19th goal of the year so far. Yeah. So he's on a pretty Unreal. good pace. Yeah. Winnipeg downed uh, the New Jersey Devils, but Kincaid was unbelievable. Did you watch any highlights from that game? I did. I actually saw quite a bit of that game. He made some uh, amazing saves. Mm-hmm. And, but that the play at the end, <laughs> yeah, when Shifley took the puck from Nico Hischer. Yeah, 16 seconds left in overtime. Yeah. And it wasn't really Hischer's fault. I mean, he's yeah. young and stuff and blah, 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 blah. But it has more to do with Shifley being amazing than yeah. Hischer. A few, a few things had to happen there. Shifley getting the puck, and what probably normally wouldn't happen, yes. and it did. And then Shifley getting his own rebound back, yes. which maybe shouldn't have happened either. Mm. And then he scored on his own rebound. Yeah. But it was beautiful. There's tons of effort. And that was a fantastic game. That overtime, that five minutes of overtime, yep. or four minutes and 44 seconds, whatever, um, it's probably the most exciting hockey of the night, yeah, I would say. Kincaid made a really good save, and oh, then he... Two on O. yeah. And then he went to go pass the puck up again and then lost it. Yeah. Gave it away and then had to make an incredible, like it was, it was, it was really exciting. Yeah. It was really, really great. Uh, but uh, Hall and Heesher in that uh, 2-1-0 that they had on Brassois. I don't know if you saw that. Brassois was basically by himself and Hall and Heesher are coming in, passing oh, the puck I, back I and forth. I didn't see that, no. And he actually made a save. Hmm. And I think, I don't know if it was Shifley or someone else was trying to catch up to them hmm. and basically slid into the boards really hard beside the net, got uh. right up and skated away. I forget who it was. But that happened in overtime before this winning goal happened. Hmm. Two on O oh, wow. in overtime <laughs> and they didn't score. Hall and Heesher didn't score in Brassois. Pretty big names on a 2 one Holy yeah. smokes. You'd probably see that in an all-star game and, and yeah. they score. He might have peed a little bit during that <laughs> yeah, uh, session maybe. there. Yeah. The Columbus versus the Islanders game was an interesting one because it was the first game that the Islanders played back in the Coliseum, I think. And uh, that place was packed. Oh, I didn't know Absolutely that they were Absolutely packed. Wow. And it was a great game, too. It felt like a bit like a playoff game. But at the end of the game, there was a play in front of the Columbus net. Phil Bielow was wide open in front of the net. He got a pass. And instead of shooting it, he passed it behind himself between his legs uh, and then in between the, the Columbus player that was behind him, covering him, behind him to another Islanders player. I don't know how he knew that he was there. Anyways, that player got the puck and then kind of like went around to the side and Bobrovsky made just an unbelievable save with his pad. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, you have to go watch yeah, it. I haven't seen that. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but the Islanders did win that game 3-2. to two. 
Now, the Philadelphia-Pittsburgh game, a mm. pretty big rivalry here. Philadelphia won 4-2. to two. Uh, I thought Philadelphia had some great passing plays in that, in that game. A lot of crisp, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of crisp passes in that game. Specifically, the Voracek pass over, I think it was Giroux that scored the, the goal, right, almost right along the goal line. Um, I thought Philadelphia was really on top of the puck pretty hard that game and was making some great passes. So Cool. Uh, the, the Dutch Gretzky scored in that The game. Dutch Gretzky scored on a breakaway. Yeah, <laughs> shorthanded, I think, maybe two, maybe. Uh, Toronto played Minnesota, won 5-3. to three. Pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's been playing pretty well lately. Not a lot of people have been talking about it, but uh, and that game was close. That game oh, was yeah. real close to the it end. Was, of, they yeah. came back and made it a 3-3 tie fairly late in the game. Minnesota looked very good that game. Zucker was all over the ice. He finally got one there uh, near the end, but... Uh, yeah, they played really well. Toronto uh, played exactly like Toronto's been playing, just just as good, and find a way to win. Matthews scored another goal. Uh, he's like, he is the quarterback of that power play. He is, and he scores from Ovechkin's spot. Yes, they seem to have that same area of the ice. They do. where they're left unattended. Mm. I, I still don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, uh, a bit of a bad luck there on that that empty one, eh? Or that. Uh, when the Ra- when the not Rangers when the Maple Leafs went ahead four three yeah kind of went off the two Minnesota defensemen like that's frustrating yeah but. I think that one of the defensemen I forget which one it was he had actually two pucks go off him in that game oh jeez and and own goals like into the net that's frustrating so not a good day no did you see what Suter did for the empty net goal it was weird he like he there there kind of a fight for the puck. Yeah. Suter had body position yeah. on, was it Hyman? Uh, it was Hyman, yeah. And he kind of just like fell down in front of him. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> did you see that? I, I did, yeah. I did it see was it. weird. I saw it when it happened. Yeah. And then he, when Hyman got it, he took a couple of breaths and yeah. made sure he was going to get it right because he was well short of the red line for icing. Oh, yeah, so yeah. He had to be accurate with that or there mm-hmm. would have been a, an icing face off, but he got it. Yeah, he walked in and got it. Nashville played Chicago, won 5-2. to two. The depth of Nashville just was no match for Chicago, and Chicago was giving away the puck. It was really frustrating to, mm-hmm. to watch the parts of that game, uh, especially in their own end, just giving away the puck. Felt bad for, for some of the Chicago players, but Nashville capitalized. Arizona played St. Louis, and Arizona won 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hill, which I'll talk about a little bit later, he had an amazing, amazing game. He was absolutely fantastic. Do you know who wasn't fantastic? Johnson on the other side has not played well this year. Jake Allen hasn't played well this year. Yeah. They cannot get consistent goaltending in St. Louis. They're going to have to do something there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The Edmonton and Vegas game was a really good game. You, I, I watched all of that did game. Did you see the McDavid first goal? Oh, yeah. God, he's fast. <laughs> they, they actually put a speedometer on him when he was crossing. He was going down, and then he crossed in front of the ice. He was yeah. up over 30 kilometers an hour. And he was just still gliding. Like, he wasn't really woofing it. He yeah. Was... It's not really the top speed that that's impressive. It's the going from nothing to yeah, fast. standing like still that, to, to yeah. super speed. Uh, it was a beautiful goal, too. Yeah. And that was a really close game. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury made some amazing saves. Uh, ended 2-1, uh, I believe, from by Edmonton. So they got the important win there. Mm-hmm. And that was all the games. That, that was all the games. And in that game, early on, maybe two or three minutes into the game, Lucic was in a scuffle along the side of the boards. And it was going to turn into something. I, I, Lucic is a guy that drives me a little crazy from time to time, but I'd love to have him on my team. 
I still would. I've said this for years. Maybe as time goes on, he gets a little older, a little slower, maybe less so. But he's still the kind of guy I'd like to have on my team. He's a buzzard. He just. I'd like to have Lucic of about five years ago yeah. on my team. But anyway, he's over against the boards, and a, and a really uh, spirited scuffle starts that might end up in a fight. A spirited scuffle. A spirited scuffle. <laughs> and just as it gets going, the idiots in the broadcast truck switch to the goalie and show the goalie drinking his water for oh, a good five seconds. It's so bad. While something else is going on. Yeah. I know I harp on this, and I'm, viewers and listeners are probably tired of me whining about the sports coverage, uh, the NHL in particular, but I can't help it. They did it last night during the Detroit-Boston game when the goalies were going at each other. They, yeah. changed, they changed the camera away from the goalies to something else. Yeah. A zoom, a zoom of the back of someone's helmet who was in, a, in the other scrum. Show the goalies. It's a goalie fight. Yeah. It's about to happen. Show it. Same thing in the yeah. Ottawa game when they were when they were honoring Carlson. There were people going up to Carlson and talking to him, and there was nice moments happening with Carlson himself on the ice. Like, Let me guess. They showed the crowd. Yeah, they showed the crowd, all just standing up there and, <laughs> and clapping. Just like, you idiots. What, what are you doing? What are, what are you trying to do? I really would, if I won the lotto. Yeah. I know even sixty million wouldn't be enough to buy the CBC, but I'd leverage it somehow. I'd buy them. You'd and buy I'd that. Fire section. everybody. Yeah. I'd fire everybody, <laughs> and I'd put hockey fans in the truck. They don't know how to tell a story. They don't. It's just terrible. Something else Ottawa did do, and I forgot to mention it before when we were talking about the Ottawa game. Uh, I don't know if it was Ottawa itself or just the league in general, but Derek Nansen, one of the linesmen, was playing his or refereeing or officiating in his thousandth game. Right. Yes. And they stopped before they even went to the play. They they after the anthems or just before they stopped everything and they said, "Okay, here's him." And they brought him and his whole family out onto the ice. Each team had a jersey made with his name on the back. Nice. And he's not retiring or anything. He just hit a thousandth game. That's big news for a ref. It's huge. Yeah. It's just huge. And. I think the NHL is probably the only professional sports league, at least in North America, that pays attention to those things. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. There's yeah. some there's some umps in baseball that have yeah pretty high credibility, but uh, but, but do they have league recognition like that? Mm. Like where the NHL just stops and says, "This is this line." He's a linesman. No one has probably ever. They don't even have their names on their backs anymore like they used to. They just have a number. Yeah, I don't think they do it in football. Yeah, I don't think I'm so. I'm pretty sure they do it in baseball, though. Okay. But I, I don't think they do it in basketball. No, I, I don't imagine they would. Yeah. But it's just a really nice gesture. It and is, the crowd yeah. was great, and it was good for him and his family mm. because we often forget. And our brain might, I'll just talk about my brain, I guess, won't attribute my brain to anybody else. But when I'm watching a game on the ice, there's four people on the ice surface that are wearing stripes. Yeah. And I tune them out. It's weird how the brain does that. It's amazing. I, other than the, sometimes they get in the way and they can't avoid it. Yeah. And I see them. But when I'm watching the play, I, I tune them out. And it's, I don't know how I do and that. And it's not like, it's not like you see a ref and you're like, oh, like, ignore, consciously ignore him. It's like you don't see him. Like, exactly. You've learned to not even like physically see the ref on the it's weird it is weird. i understand yeah i yeah, completely it's, agree it's very strange how that works and i think for that reason because we don't pay attention because our canadian hockey brains are tuned to not seeing them on the ice it's even more important that we do see them when it's a special time for them like mm. that so <laughs> canadian and american yeah and that was not a canadian specific thing people might get offended by that comment um <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, the Edmonton uh, goal situation here, that was Koskinen again. He's 5-0 and at home. Mm-hmm. Back, back to the Edmonton game. Yeah. And he was really, really good. He was. He was amazing in that game. Uh, and, and that's the guy who, he was very good, but not good enough to focus on him drinking his water bottle for five seconds. Right. Well, his teammate <laughs> is dusting it up along the boards. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's today, Sunday. It is. Washington plays Anaheim. Mm. That's going to be a very good game because Washington is on a seven-game winning streak and Anaheim's on a three-game winning streak. Two teams that have played very well recently. Would you like to make a prediction? Because last week our prediction sucked too. So They were terrible. Um, I think, did Anaheim play yesterday? They did. And Washington did not. I think not. they did. I uh, Washington they did. didn't. So, Oh, uh, no, Anaheim didn't. Okay, so they're both fairly well rested. I think Washington wins that game. I think Washington wins that game 4-3. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm going predictions with scores. Wow. I, I, I'm just not worthy. <laughs> Why am I even here? Uh, Winnipeg plays the Rangers. Oh, man. Poor Rangers. But they're back home. But they just played in Montreal last night, and now they're back home for an early evening game tonight. Yeah. It starts at 6 o'clock Eastern. Didn't have a practice in between games. Didn't have a practice. Uh, they're tired. They're. I, I think Winnipeg goes in there and, and gets them. I think so, too. I think it's going to be 5-3, Winnipeg. Okay. San Jose, Montreal, I've already said 4-1 for San Jose. Yeah. You won't make a prediction? I don't want to jinx anything. Okay. I'm, I'm very hopeful. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. All right. I think with Paul Byron back, uh, there's a little, like I looked at people's ice times from the game last night. Nobody was extended crazy minutes. Weber played 23 and something, and he was the highest minutes guy okay. on the Canadians last night. So I think they've managed their time well. I think they have another one in the tank for today. Mm-hmm. Uh if they, I, I don't disagree with you. I think maybe Niemi's the better choice for the starting uh, goalie in this one. But if they start Carey, he'll want to prove something. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Colorado and Detroit. Yeah, Detroit again. They played last night. They played well. And played well. Played well. Um, Colorado's in town. They're flying high. I, did Colorado play last night? Uh, I don't think they played yesterday. Uh, so I'd give the edge to Colorado. I would now. too. I'm going to say Colorado Wins three two. Wow. Okay. And here's a, here's something I'd like to see as far as rule changes go, or changes the way things, way the not way the games play, but behind off the ice kind of thing. Teams that have not played the night before should not play teams that did play the night before. I totally agree. You shouldn't have to like. You shouldn't have to go back to back play back to back games, and your second game be against a team that didn't play the night before. I don't think that's fair. Mm-hmm. So, I'd like to see that change. I do too. And I think if if they use smart scheduling, they could probably make it so that no team ever has to play a back-to-back game. Yep. There's 164, actually it would take 163 days to play 82 games without playing any back-to-back. Yep. If you played a game and a day off and a game and a day off and just did that continuously, mm-hmm. including through Christmas and New Year's, you could have in 163 days, you could have all 82 games played and no team would be back-to-back. I that's it, possible. It can be done. It can be done. Why don't they do it? Exactly. Why do we have not only teams playing back to back, but in the case of Montreal, I think last week or the week before, three games in four nights. Mm. That's just insane. Well, how like in the Rangers too? Yeah, that's not fair. Like they just played last night in Montreal. Yeah. Now they have to. Not only do they have to play again the next day, they have to travel and stuff. Like I don't. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I it's frustrating for sure. Yeah. And like maybe it, it all evens out because. Every team has to go through it and stuff. But there's teams who have to go through more of it. We made a video on that, I think, 
close to two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, breaking down all the teams that played back-to-back games versus all the other ones. That's something I'm going to do for this season. I'm going to find out the statistics of how many times teams play back-to-back games, see if it's fair or not. Calgary plays Chicago. Any predictions there? Calgary. Me too. Uh, They're such a much stronger team than Chicago is, and uh, I think they're on a roll. I'm thinking 5-2 Calgary. Carolina and the Kings? Carolina. Ooh, I'm picking L.A. here. 3-1 L.A. is my prediction. (laughs) Uh, Next up on my list is just some frequently asked questions about the contest that we just announced a couple of days ago. Uh, We've gotten probably about 25 submissions so far, which is pretty good and so a lot of really good submissions so i'm really i'm pretty excited i want to talk about them i want to show them and stuff but uh, unfortunately i can't yet but uh if you don't know about our contest uh we released a video a couple days ago announcing a seattle branding contest so please go watch that if you haven't seen it yet there's going to be some prizes two jerseys a post to post t-shirt uh, a hat some stickers and a bunch of other stuff so yeah i just wanted to basically answer some some frequently asked questions on that video. So one of them was, can we use NHL 19 or an NHL video game to create our logo in Jersey? No, absolutely not. You, this needs to be 100% original. You need to be creative. You need to create something from scratch. You can't use something that, like there's already logos and jerseys in NHL. You're just changing the colors and some patterns. This needs to be original, 100% your work. You can't go on Google and, and find somebody else that someone else made and then make make it yourself or copy it like you you have to think of you have to create something from scratch you need to be creative here so please make it 100 percent yours another question was home or away jerseys i said that you needed to make a jersey i did not specify on home or away so that's my fault but it doesn't matter if you want to make a home jersey you can make a home jersey if you want to make an away jersey you can make an away jersey it doesn't matter there just has to be one jersey uh someone asked can you submit more than one entry per person? Uh, the answer is no. You can only submit one entry per person. That's something else I didn't clarify in the original in, in the original video. Only one submission per person, please. No jersey templates. Like I said, you need to be completely original. No templates. And there is no like location qualification. So you don't have to live in North America to, to enter. You can. doesn't matter where you live in the world. You're eligible to win. Uh, we'll ship everything. We'll ship all the prizes and everything uh, out to you, regardless of where you live if you win. So yeah, I think that's that were the main. Those were the main questions uh, being asked uh, about the contest. So, other than that, if you have any more, please let me know down, down in the comments, and I'll do my best to answer them. Otherwise, keep on submitting, and I look forward to talking about all your submissions because they're a lot of them are pretty good. My players of the week. I usually, I do a player and a goalie. This week, I have to, I have to mention two players. The first is Jonathan Huberdeau. Five games played. Two goals, nine assists, 11 points, and a plus two. 11 points in five games. Heck yeah. That's exactly what Florida needs. They're kind of at a really slow start to the season. I'd like to see them uh, increase their increase their play and move up the standings, even though I'm not super high on Florida. Uh, nice to see them do good and bounce back. The next player is Mitch Marner. Four games played, no goals, but he got 10 assists. 10 points. It was a plus four. Mitch Marner... It, like, you hear a lot about Jonathan Taves. You hear a lot about uh, Austin Matthews. But Mitch Marner is the Nicholas Backstrom to that team. And he like he's just a magician with a puck. He's like Johnny Gaudreau in a way. My goalie of the week is Aiden Hill. Three, um, 
he technically played three games, but I think fourth game he kind of came in on. So he had three wins, uh, 0.984 save percentage, and he was his goals against average was 0.39 in those four games that he Crazy. played in. 0.39. That's unbelievable. Uh, so he's my goalie of the week. As far as streaks go, there's a lot of teams on some streaks here. Washington with seven, in a, seven wins in a row. Toronto with four wins in a row. Anaheim with three. Edmonton with three. Ottawa with three. Arizona with three. On the losing side of things, you got the New Jersey Devils on a five-game losing streak. They had some OT losses and stuff, so they did squeeze some points out of those losses, but still five in a row. Minnesota, three games in a row that they've lost. And Chicago, uh, three losses in a row as well. So I think Vegas Vegas could have been on this list at six games, six wins in a row, but they get beat last night. Um, so that ended their streak, if I'm not mistaken. Otherwise, that's I don't know what you're doing. You've been on your computer for the last seven minutes. What are you doing? Well, I'm looking at, I knew you were going for stats and heading in that direction for the last week or so. And I've been looking at the stats myself, and I just made an observation that I'll share with you now. Mm-hmm. Um, the points leader right now in the NHL is Miko Rantanen yeah. Rant- for Colorado with 43 points. The goals leader is Patrick Laine with 21 goals. The plus-minus leader is Gabriel Landeskog with plus 18. He's tied with TJ Brody for Calgary. What, what do those three players all share, share in common, <clears throat> the what, top three? What do they all share? Yeah. What were the names? Uh, Rantanen, Lyonnais, and Landeskog. Uh, they all f- play in the Western Conference and that's in true. the Central Division. And they're all Scandinavians. Yeah. They're not Canadians. That's, that's true. And now you look at the goalie statistics. The number one goalie right now in goals against average with 1.86 is Pekka Rinne. Pekka Rinne, who's Finnish. Right. The save percentage is Jaroslav Halak. Who is Slovakian. And in wins, it's Frederick Anderson, who's oh, Danish. Yes. So there are no Canadians, well, uh, with the exception of the tie plus minus tie for TJ Brody, there are no North Americans, really, on the top six stats hmm. lists. I think that's a very interesting and cool it thing. It is cool. That Europeans are are taking over this game in the North American style with smaller rinks and different rules, and, yeah. and Europeans are thriving in, in this kind of situation. And yeah, I think it's wonderful. If you look at... Uh the percentage of Canadians and Americans, we'll say, I don't know, 13 or 14 years ago. It's, if you look, like it's, it was massive. There wasn't, there were still lots of Swedes and Finns and stuff, but not compared to today. If you look at the draft in, say, 2003, I think that 17 of the top 20 were Canadian players. If you look at the draft in the past couple of years, there's probably in the top 20, five, five or six Canadians. Like it's, pretty dominated by mm-hmm. Swedes, Swedes, uh, Finns, Russians. And Americans And even now. like Nico Hischer, who is German. Who is German. Yeah. Like it's it's really cool to yeah. see players come out of, of these countries and stuff. It also means that. Wait, isn't he Swiss? Hischer? Yeah. I thought he was German, but yeah, you could be, you were probably right. I was going to say Swiss and then he threw me off a German. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm sure you're right. But. It also shows, though, that the NHL is the premier league in the world. When the best Swede, the best Finn, the best Russians, the best Germans and Swiss and everybody else want to play at the top level of hockey, yeah. they come to the NHL. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which I think is great. It is great, yeah. Yeah, it, because if all the European players stayed in the KHL or the Liga or somewhere else, then you really wouldn't know mm. how we stand up against each other. <clears throat> because I don't think these international tournaments really tell us much. I still want to see, like, I don't know, put Arizona up against, like, the sweater that you're wearing. The Rogla. Rogla. Yeah. I'd like to see a game between the Arizona I'd players love it. and the Rogla. We could have a Champions League or a, an FA Cup type uh, arrangement during the season where players yeah. and teams do that. They play each other. They're exhibition games that don't count in their regular league, but they count for some other trophy. I'd like to I'd see the Rangers play M- Moscow, one of the Moscow teams. Yeah. I'd like to see what the Winnipeg Jets play, I don't know, the Forlunda Indians. Like, I'd, Yeah. It would be interesting, and I think the games would be a lot closer than people think. Like these, like there's a lot of good, like the the NHL is packed with talent, but these other leagues and stuff, there's a lot of talent over there. Oh yeah, that doesn't get recognized. Yeah. I think the games could be closer than people think. Mm-hmm. I think some, there'd be some underdog uh, wins in, in a couple of those things. Yeah, and if it was the Belfast Giants playing the Arizona Coyotes, I'd be cheering for Belfast. Would you just for fun? Yeah, just for fun. Oh yeah, I always cheer Definitely. for the underdog. Absolutely. That might um, be the only time the Arizona Coyotes are not the underdog. <laughs> in the game. Yeah. He is Swiss, by the way. He is Swiss. Okay, thanks. Uh, playoff picture. If the, the, the world ended today, here's how the teams would stack up in the playoffs. Mm. I do this a bit. The Tampa Bay Lightning would play the Montreal Canadiens. Oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Toronto and Buffalo would play. Oh, that would be so good. Would it ever? And really, we don't have a measure yet because of the four times they're going to play this season. None of those games have happened yeah. yet. The first one's Tuesday night coming up. Oh, you have to watch. If you if you have a game on this. TV, please watch that game. Got to watch this. Nylander may be back and in shape in time. He's been practicing, so he's in shape. It's just a matter of, yeah. you know, can he get his act together and get himself. Mm. Uh, and they're in Buffalo, so I think they're in Buffalo. I have no idea. I, I believe they are. Uh, Washington would play Boston. Oh, uh, that would be good. That'd be a really good series, I think. And the Blue Jackets would play the Islanders. Mm, mm. They have not faced each other in the playoffs before. If I don't think so. I'm correct? Yeah. On uh, the West, Calgary would play Dallas. I think there could be a bit of a rivalry. I could see a rivalry starting between those two teams. Yeah, I think a little bit. Uh, Anaheim would play San Jose. I, yeah. <laughs> anytime Carolina team, or not Carolina, anytime California teams play each other, there's it's going to be a good series. Yeah. Nashville, Minnesota. Uh, there's a bit of a rivalry already. <laughs> yeah. So. And Colorado and Winnipeg. That would be a very interesting series to watch. There would be a lot of, I think that would be a pretty hard-hitting mm-hmm. series and a lot of pretty plays. And yeah, yeah. That would be a great series. To, just as from a hockey fan perspective, that would yeah. be a great series. be a lot of highlights. Yeah, a lot of highlights. A lot of highlights. Cool. Yeah, so that's who would play who right now, and that will be changed next week. You've got your jerseys arrayed. Uh, on the back wall here in the order of uh, prominence. Yeah, so we got Tampa Bay and then Toronto and Nashville, Buffalo, Colorado, Washington, the Jets, which I don't have. A, I still don't have a Winnipeg Jets <laughs> that jersey. so chintzy. I, it does. It looks ridiculous. <clears throat> I gave away my Jets jersey, so I don't have one. And every time I go look, look to buy one, it's too expensive. Like they just had a Black Friday deal on and you – like. I wanted to get it because it was $135 for the jersey, but it was still like $135. I don't, I don't know. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. When even I, in Canadian, that's I'm a used, lot of money. I'm used to getting deals on jerseys and paying like 
40 bucks or something like that. So I don't know if I can justify $135 on a jersey that I don't. I don't need and I don't need any of these jerseys. No, so that's for sure. That $135 is more than half of what we we would need to get a new mixer. So that's why I've I've not bought a, a Winnipeg jersey. But but have you seen the new Winnipeg jersey that was released? Mm. They have released a fourth jersey for this year. A fourth one. Yes, that's okay. one of the videos I want to make later tonight. Oh, okay. Because I'm not a huge fan of the third jersey that they released, the one with the the baseball style logo on it. Speaking of that, yes, they have that on their helmets even when they're wearing a regular oh, jersey. Oh, they really? I just noticed that in the game yesterday. Oh. They have the Jets in script on the helmet with the airplane on the on the chest. Hmm. So. Well, anyway, the fourth jersey is <clears throat> you're gonna love it. I think you're I think you're gonna love it. If I'm buying okay. a Jets jersey, that's what it's gonna be. So. I could probably justify spending 135 on this specific jersey. I'm looking forward to it. I won't cheat. It's white, though. I'll let you show. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not like you. I don't hate white jerseys that much. I had jerseys come in the mail. I We, we will be doing a jersey unboxing video. We're going to film that later on tonight, too, if we have time. It won't be a long video. There's only, I think, five jerseys. One of the jerseys is for my personal collection. The rest are for giveaways and contest stuff, so... Four fifths of of the jerseys are for you guys, not for me. So, uh, hopefully, a lot of you tune into that to see what jerseys they are. So, cool. Anyways, that's all I have for this this podcast. Do you have anything else? No, anything? I'm good. Good. Yep. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching in or listening. We really appreciate that. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you could hit the subscribe button, that would be awesome. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play Music or anything like that. And like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, keep an eye out for. A bonus podcast coming this week. Having a Yak, number 10, I think. Uh, so that'll be releasing pretty soon. So uh, thanks for watching, guys. I really appreciate it. Leave your comments down below on all things hockey-related. And hopefully you made some predictions on today's games like we did. And I know you'll do better because <laughs> we, the last two weeks we've so we done pretty bad. So uh, thanks for watching, guys. Hope you're having a good uh, weekend and have a good week coming up. We'll see you next week. Adios. See you later.